0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the podcast. Ah, oh, I didn't know if this would happen, but I've had a really lovely response. And granted, I haven't had a million downloads in a week, but we'll get there. Um, but the exciting thing is that we have a name. Um, so I have called the podcast The Self Love Initiative. Um, and Me just to decide what to use, but I have a Facebook group um called the Self Love Initiative that I launched with my friend Emma um last year I think it was um we really never took it off the ground like we'd like to, but I thought it's already the start of a community in there, so if hopefully this creates some sort of self love community, then we can use that. So feel free to get over to the Self Love Initiative on Facebook, um. But yeah so i have a podcast name which is really exciting um thank you to everybody who has sent me a lovely message or has listened this week to the podcast um i do get an idea of how many people have listened but i'm not sure how many of them are me <laughs> um just to double check it and be like does it sound okay oh my goodness um, really scary to launch that and tell my story but I'm so pleased did. it um, because I think it's important to start with that. Today is just me but coming up over the next few weeks hopefully if I can get it all arranged I have some incredible guests who I'm really excited for you to hear from and speak to. Um, we have a lot of diversity in the guests I think I'm hoping like body diversity and the diversity in the range of stories and what that person can bring so um yeah I'm really excited and I got some lovely feedback of a uh, one of um the lo- a lovely friend of mine who listened about what she'd like to hear um and actually she's going to come on so I'm really excited so I've so far got four guests lined up so that should hopefully be recorded But what I wanted to kind of just cover a little bit today was I thought there's a few gaps in my story that when I listened back, I was like, oh, I didn't mention that, that I thought I wanted to kind of touch on and um, just really to go through the top things that I know that people can do sort of quickly to start making an impact on their self-love journey. Um, So I wanted to go through that today. So. told you all my story but one of the biggest things that I realized I missed out was I actually lost um six stone in weight in total with Slimming World um and at that point if you look back at pictures of me then I look great like I you know I've looked society's idea of normal and I was a lot more socially accepted then the praise I would get and the comments I would get from people about how great I looked was so validating all the time and just kept telling me to keep eating the way that I was eating and it didn't matter how I did it but lose weight because that's what I get and the amount of people at that time that said to me stop stop now you look great and I wouldn't because I still had to lose three stone from that point to be able to be classed as normal on the BMI scale and that is mental to me because if I'd lost three more stone I would have looked absolutely ill I think I would have looked really really thin and just not healthy at all as well as what I would have had to go through to actually get to that point so um I think it was around that the the most I think I lost was six stone two pounds and then slowly but surely that started to creep back on and I can't tell you the pressure you feel as a consultant of a group having gained the weight you've lost and having to stand up in front of a group of people and tell them how to lose weight like it's horrible and soul destroying and yeah it was it wasn't easy you get a lot of comments um I've, I've had people say to us before like why can't you just do it like why can't you just follow it and it oh it was just awful it makes it feel sick to think about it but as we all know um it, it's never about you weight you know when I look back at that point I think you know you, you'd give anything to be that weight if you if you're craving weight loss but like at that point I hated how I looked then as well so it was nothing to do with weight and the reason that I want to tell you that was because I wanted the first thing I mentioned to be about BMI and so many people think BMI is the be all and end all it's what a lot of life insurance is based on it's what um some medical treatments are based on it's just It's just used as a stick to bat you with for so many things. And actually, it is so outdated. And the only positive is that the NHS are starting to catch on to that. Well, not the NHS, but doctors are starting to catch on to that. So some, You will find some younger, more well-educated in that sort of thing, doctors are starting to not use BMI. However, if they're sending you for fertility treatment, for example, it's used as a tool. And, and it's ridiculous because it can literally be the case of two pounds so like if you were if you go to your first appointment so I'll tell you an example I read online the other day there was a woman who had to lose a certain amount of weight to be under this BMI and she starved herself she said she was so unhealthy and she starved herself and she um lost the weight was given the treatment and then piled the weight back on again because she didn't need to she didn't need to keep it off you don't have to actually keep the weight off you just have to lose it for that first appointment which is crazy um and that's not about health at all so yeah anyway so BMI is completely outdated and most people probably know this but one of the first things I read and I'm going to share it in case you don't and I'll just share it quickly so you can skip through the next 15, 20 seconds if you don't want to hear it, is um, BMI was created by um, a scientist in Europe to measure a, a population. So it was to look at a population of white men. So it was to look at a group. It was never intended to be a, a individual measure for health because you can't do that you just can't there's so much that goes into that and you'll all have heard the thing look at rugby players you know rugby players have a really high bmi but they're healthy they eat really well they exercise they um look after themselves you know all these things that would tick all the boxes but they just don't look like they do because their bodies are bigger built they've got muscle and it's just the way they're built so what happened was then life insurance company started to realize that and this was before it was called BMI they could use this measure <clears throat> so they could use this measure to put in place to go okay well these people are at higher risk of dying and young and these people are at lower risk so we're going to put the prices up and then that's how it started in that, that medical front and the really interesting thing that I read that blew my mind was in about the late 70s or 80s, I'm terrible with facts, but they are out there if you go and look at them. Um, in either the late 70s or the early 80s, it was decided in America, and I think it was by the National Obesity Panel or something like that, that the, the barriers, so the levels of BMI were going to be changed. So as it stood, you had to be 25, 26 or over, was overweight and 26 or under was underweight let's just say right on they decided that they were going to drop that down to 24.9 was classed as was classed as normal sorry not underweight. it was classed as normal and 25 was going to be overweight so that you're talking probably four or five pounds something like that maybe it's half a stone so what happened was all these american people went to bed they were normal bmi they woke up the next day and automatically without doing anything became overweight overnight because the barriers being changed, like for no reason. So it just shows that it's not about, it's not about health at all. And, you know, there's a lot of campaigning at the moment to get BMI stopped. And I, and I just want you to know that because if you use your BMI as a measure, which I know when I was a member I think Weight just do it as well, but I'm not sure. Um, they write your BMI as like something to measure you by. And we've all seen those charts, like matching your weight and your height. It's not a measure for your health, okay? So the first thing to for me that I realised was like my health is not defined by my weight. Because I kept thinking, I need to be healthy, I need to be healthy. And you hear that all the time, I need to lose weight because I want to get healthy. Actually, losing weight is not going to make you healthy. And another thing that I read that I really wanted to share was this idea of weight cycling. So that's where you lose weight, you gain weight, you lose weight, you gain weight. And how many people have done it? How many of us here have a think? You might be you, you might know someone who's lost a bit of weight, who's gained some weight, who's lost that same bit of weight, gained it again. We've all done it. And you hear people say, like, well, I know when I'm on my diet, I can do it. And people like we go through phases don't we so we lose weight up to the summer we spend the summer gaining weight we bully ourselves all the way till Christmas and we lose weight and then we gain weight over Christmas and we lose it in January it's this big cycle and actually the research that has shown that weight cycling is more damaging to your health than actually being overweight so if you are just overweight and you stay that around that weight okay That is less damaging to your health than gaining and losing, gaining and losing. So that's another thing that for me blew my mind a little bit. And the final thing I wanted to share about that, that really blew my mind that I just thought, oh my God, like when you look at it like this, the studies have showed that you have about a 95% failure rate with diets, any diet. 95% 95% failure rate now if you walked into any loss organization or fitness club or anything that promised you weight loss right and you're about to hand your money over and they said to you thank you for your money just so you know you've got 95% you've only got a 5% chance of this working would you hand it over I don't know that you would. I would definitely think twice because I would be like, well, if it's only 5% chance of working, like God. And I need you to know that because I need you to know that this is not because of you. So you're not failing to lose weight. You're not failing to stick to something. You are being failed by a system that focuses entirely on money making and control. It's not about you being useless like we're told you're not following it you're not doing it right you're cheating you're doing this the other. there's so much more to it than that so five percent chance and just as fyi if you do mention this stat to anybody you will get people going well i know so and so that's done that so what and i read this and there's a couple of books i read so it was the um anti-diet i think it was called the anti-diet um and um Sorry this swear, but the fuck it diet was the other one. Um, and they will both tell you these facts and the references for them and things like that in there. Um, Dr. Joshua Woolwich has a book called Food is Not Medicine. That's a really good one as well. And that will explain some things to you. Um, and you will get people go, but they lose weight. and da, da, da. And what they say in the studies is that the majority of people who lose the weight still have disordered eating and i want to make clear when i reference disordered eating that is very different to an eating disorder so an eating disorder is a diagnosed or can be a diagnosed condition um it's recognized as a mental health condition and in fact anorexia i don't want to do this in disjustice and in injustice but i'm sure anorexia is the highest cause one of the highest causes of death from mental health uh, is. The mental health and um, illness so definitely um has an impact so yeah disordered eating is basically anything where you are you, you kind of have any restriction or any rules around food so i should have really written these down and next time i will get them get them in fact hang on a second while i'm talking to you i'm just gonna bring them up on here um but disordered eating is what a lot of people I think would recognize um because that's when I heard it and I read about it I thought oh my god it's so true um okay so disordered eating let me just see what the best one to what are some signs of disordered eating so signs of disordered eating, I'm going to read a couple out. And if you recognize them, it might be something to think about. So fear of gaining weight, negative body image, body checking in the mirror, pinching body parts, odd food habits. So that would be like cutting them into tiny pieces or, you know, when you hear diets so with the go, just chew it and spit it out or chew it six times or not being able to eat a mashed banana over a normal full banana. Like you can just eat banana however you want it's fine hoarding or hiding food I used to hide food all the time so one of my biggest things was I would have a chocolate bar I would get rid of the wrapper and then I would go home and be like I'm just having one chocolate bar today in front of people but I'd already eaten one or two without people knowing because I was so embarrassed about having it Eating in secret or avoiding eating with others. That's what I've just said. Um, Eliminating foods or food groups. So that's, you know, when I say no carbs for mobs, (laughs) like carbs aren't the devil. Um, Neither is fat or sugar. Um, Your self-worth is dependent on your body image. That's a really big one. Going to the bathroom after eating, I think that's more of a trigger sign than disordered eating for me. Um, Only eating healthy or safe foods. Putting a moral value on food for me was a big, big no-no. It was one thing that had to stop. So now no, food is just food. It doesn't have a moral value. Some have some more nutritional value than others, but it's not a good food or a bad food. Um, irritability, mood changes and or depression. God, I definitely could have had those. Um, cooking meals or explore recipes, but not eating the prepared food. Withdrawal from social activities, wearing baggy clothes. Rigidity in food behaviours and routines. So that is like... I can only have this much each day and I have to stick to it or else I'm a failure. That's that kind of thing. Compulsive or excessive exercise. Exercise and even when injured or in pain. And that would be like, you know, if you are thinking, oh my God, I I need to do this because I've got to do it, I've got to do it. You need to rest when your body tells you the rest. Um, Preoccupation with food or calories. And that is the one for me that was the biggest teller. Because all I ever thought about was food. I got up in the morning and I was thinking about what I was going to have for my breakfast. I mean, breakfast depended on the rest of my day. Because if I needed bread, I couldn't have toast. If I had bread, was I going to have butter? Because that would mean that many sins. And would I have enough sins for the day? Then I'd eat it and then I'd be like, right, what about later in the day? And, oh God, honestly, it's like, it's such a cycle. And all I would think about was food. Every single day, I would think about it. And when I came out of that, I realized that actually I had space in my brain for actual other things so now I'm interested in politics my god I mean what a time to come into that just before Blum and Boris got into power god um but I you know I care about things I have passion to advocate for people and fight for people that need it and yeah I just I just have so much more space in my brain since I don't think about food all the time. Um, and then I moved on to something called intuitive eating, like I mentioned last week. And that is a whole other sort in itself. And it might be something I explore. But to be fair, I am not, uh, not an expert. So I can only tell you my experience of all these things as well. And what I would say is if anything I say, it makes you think, I don't believe that I don't understand I want to know more just go and do your research google it and have a look that's how I started read those books I suggested um I think I might have mentioned last week and I'm probably going to mention every week Alex Light's book um you are not before picture is one of the greatest things I've ever read um I've audio booked it I'm halfway through reading it as well um I just want every person especially every girl but every person in the teens to receive that book and be made to read it as part of the curriculum it is incredible so yeah so that's kind of the diet side of it the actual food side of it but then it still comes the challenge of even if you move away from all of the food stuff you've still got to learn to love yourself and that's the difficult part isn't it because it takes a lot to change a mindset you know none of us like change which is a big part of why You know, and a lot of people will use their clubs and stuff as a social event. And I get that completely. I really do. So I think you've got to remember that you don't have to make these changes straight away, but just be aware of, if you want to, how you can do that. Okay, so the self-love stuff, there's some easy little things that you can absolutely do Um, that will help with that and the most important one which is the one that I bang on about all the time is to curate your feed so if you're a social media user or if you listen to podcasts because you're listening to mine now um need to be listening and consuming the right stuff okay and Facebook and Instagram work different so I'll go through them both so what I would suggest you do is use Instagram as your big you up um big tool it's the thing that's going to make you feel great okay um so go on to instagram and i would go to it takes a bit of time but it's worth doing a little bit each day and go on to your follow list and or you want to just scroll through your news feeds on instagram and see what comes up and if you see any posts that make you feel sad about yourself so they're the posts of before and after pictures i'm so against them because post a picture of how you're doing right now right if you're in a really good place and you feel fantastic show that picture show that picture of you going look how strong I am look how great I feel look how marvelous my skin is right but don't show this sad picture of you a few months ago with a stone heavier because what you've got to remember is that person your friend or someone that follows you who was three times your size sees that picture where you're going oh look how disgusting I was then compared to now and that's what your message is they look and go what must they think of me what must they think of me god the amount of times I felt like that is even now like it doesn't hurt this as much now because I know it's not about me it's about them but even now when people go oh my god I could never be fat and they're not fat they're like. I don't know like a 12 or 14 and people go oh my god like I'm so fat and I think the way you say that like you must think I'm absolutely disgusting it goes through my mind I know I'm not disgusting I'm pretty gorgeous but not everybody feels like that so go through if you see before and after pictures if you see people posting pictures of food and it's all like look at the calories I've consumed today and it's really in your face and like you know all these things about swaps and diets and anything that just doesn't make you feel good you might see somebody who constantly lives in the Bahamas and they're posting let's just I've got a calendar and a a map in front of us that says the Bahamas on it um you know they might live in the Bahamas and they're posting pictures of the Bahamas and it just makes you miserable because you look outside and you're like oh how awful is our weather so make a decision if it's someone you know mute them so they won't know that you've done that but you won't see their posts anymore unless you go looking for them or if it's someone you don't know just unfollow just unfollow their many hashtags and then go back through and start finding people who have a diverse range of body types on your feed so you want to be searching people who are in bigger bodies who who challenge your thought process so people who you might look at and think oh my god I don't want to look like down we've all had that we've all had that but if you start seeing um people with different color skin with disabilities with um different body sizes different shapes different hobbies you start seeing this really diverse feed and you start to become more accustomed to it and it feels good it makes you feel good people that are positive people that are real like there's lots and you can search hashtags and stuff like that that's Instagram. Then on Facebook is a little bit different because often Facebook is your family and friends. So Facebook is a little bit more challenging because you can't just delete people, but you can use the unfollow button. So if you've got any friends or family on there who talk about their, their diets or their clubs or their whatever, just mute them. So when I did it, anybody that I still had as friends on there that... um. Was through Slim and World. If they posted a lot about Slim and World, generally I would just mute that. Some people I don't because they don't post often and I can cope with that, but I would just mute that so I didn't have to see it. And that wasn't anything against them, it was just I needed to not see that for my own mental health. And they're not to know I keep popping on every now and again to see how they're doing I'll search for them that sort of thing and I'll comment on pictures and things like that so I still am a part of their life in that way but if you really can't be friends with them also if your friendship's strong it'll survive outside of Facebook and that was a big lesson I learned as well like those people who have completely removed me from Facebook some of them I still am friends with and others don't want to be my friend anymore and that's a really challenging thing but it is what it is so um that is the biggest thing you can do and it's probably the easiest thing to go and do is curate your feed because why would you not like why would you not curate your feed and be able to to put on there some things that you you want to see and it opens up your mind a little bit more and it's really really going to help um so yeah so that was kind of what I wanted to to think about um, the other little quick thing you can do um, which is my favorite thing in the world to do now right I absolutely love it is give compliments be genuine to people around you because receiving compliments is one of the things that we do worst as a as a generation as a well just any like as women really men aren't great either but women is receiving compliments So when someone comes and says I really like your dress you go it's just from Primark like what you need to learn is to be going thank you thank you very much or you might reply and go yours too if you genuinely like their dress say thank you very much I really like yours as well but make sure you're thanking and accepting that rather than batting straight back again. So go and give some compliments tell the world about that what you like about what they're wearing, what they're doing, their hair, how pretty they look, like anything. Like it's awkward at first, but I've literally stopped people in the street and said, excuse me, sorry to bother you, but I really love your dress. Um I went to an event in June for Mel Norman, me, and there was a girl on the desk and I said sorry that this sounds really strange I said but you are absolutely beautiful and she was like hey thank you I sometimes feel like I need to follow it up with I'm married so I'm not like trying anything on but I just am like oh yeah um compliments that um that is my advice so I know this hasn't been so much of a personal one like the last one it's been a bit more um focused on like tasks and stuff I guess and um you know I don't know like things you can do (laughs) um but I just thought I'm gonna get a few things out there and then as we go through the weeks and other people are coming and joining us and you're hearing their voices it will just help you to remember that you matter and you're important and do you know what like I would love to live in a world where diets didn't exist. Everybody loved the way that they looked and nobody cared about image. And we all just aimed for a world where we felt good about ourselves because of who we were and the things we were doing. And I promise you, when you do that and you take away that restriction, you start, you will unlock a whole new world. You really will. Like you will unlock so much of your world if you start loving you and it's not easy it really isn't so i hope today's episode hasn't been too boring too like like not as i don't know i don't know what to expect so anyway i'm putting it out there and hopefully next week we'll have a guest (laughs) and if it's the guest i'm hoping to she's amazing and she's a really successful um just wonderful human being, a really good friend of mine, but really, really struggles with body image. And and the best thing about her journey is that well not the best thing, but the thing about her journey is she has to put herself out there. So there's no option to hide a way and I want to hear from her about her challenges around that around what self-love means to her and that sort of thing so I'm not going to tell you who it is I'm going to keep it a surprise some of you who know me might be like oh I wonder if it's this person I'd love to know your guesses of who you think it might be um of who you think I might have coming on I'm not going to tell you if you're right but I'd love to know your guesses so um I, I really appreciate you listening It's it's always difficult to put yourself out there and last week was really challenging for me to put myself out there because like I've said before this isn't about slagging people off or it's not about just calling out one individual organization or person this is just about shining a light on the things that I've learned over the last three years and hopefully helping more people it's also a little bit of therapy for me too because like I can just talk and I don't need to know if anyone actually listened or not <laughs> um thank you for taking the time if you've got this far And um, just a reminder that you can find me on instagram under yours faithfully Claire, which is my um sort of account about me um but like i don't tend to post an awful lot in there now but you've also got claire ball counselor if you want counseling services or self-love and on facebook you can get me on claire ball counselor or you can join the self-love initiative um, which is the facebook group that i've started we just haven't posted a lot in there but hopefully that'll change over the next few weeks um and we'll do that so yeah so thank you so much for your time um have a great day i said the evening last time but i'm recording in the morning now so um have a great day and i will speak to you all soon bye